Thank you, Vaughn, for bringing us headlines, Lagos. I am Sandra Ezequesili, and we started a conversation yesterday taking a look at the report from the European Union's Election Observers Mission. How accurate is their report on our general elections? The Tinubu camp says it's exaggerated. They exaggerated the issues. The OB camp says it underreported the issues. The Atiku camp says it was just right. Now, this report was about the elections on February 25th and uh, March 18th. And according to the European Union's EOM report, a quarter of polling units did not have a result on IREV at the moment that INEC declared Bola Tinubu president-elect. And that's just one of the discrepancies that the EU report called out. It's also accusing INEC of allegedly breaking its own rules and undermining trust in the process. And we started this conversation yesterday with Samson Itodo from Yaga. Uh, my guest today is also from Yaga, where she is Director of Programs, Cynthia Mbamalo. Cynthia, welcome back to Hard Facts. Hi, good evening and thanks for having me on Hard Facts. <laughs> Lagos, let's also hear from you. What questions or comments do you have about the EU's election report? Um, this is a question I asked yesterday, but I'll ask again, uh, Cynthia. Mm-hmm. What's Yaga's overall assessment of the EU's um, report, the EU EOM's report? Well, I think... First, perhaps we will not say Yaga's overall assessment mm-hmm. um, um, because we would also be issuing or producing our final reports on the elections. Right. But, um, I, as, as a civil society organization and a citizens observer group, I would say that the EU's reports um, is quite um, comprehensive in one, identifying where the challenges are, identifying where some progress were made, and providing key recommendations. And like every other election observation mission who understands the role they have in in, um, observing elections, their role basically is to assess the overall conduct of the elections without any form of um, bias and to provide information based on their observation. So we always say the role of an observer is to watch document and report meaning that whatever you watch you have the responsibility to document and to report which is what the eu has done and for different sides um receiving the reports um differently i also do believe that it is a report an observation report there is nothing in the report saying we're here to we're mandating you to do this so if you look at the recommendation say we recommend Mm -hmm. meaning that not every side would love the findings from the report. Mm-hmm. Not every side would also want to hear um, or whether we want to read um, observation findings that may implicate or may not support the agitations. Mm-hmm. And it's left for those groups to also issue their own reports and their statements mm-hmm. <laughs> and let the audience you know, decide at the end of the day. Mm. Okay. And now this report, uh, like you mentioned, made recommendations, 23 in total, but lists six of them as key. Number one, revise election laws and regulations to remove ambiguities and conflicting interpretations. Mm -hmm. They suggest that INEC sets up an inclusive process for this. 
And I yes. want to talk about that a bit, you know, that um, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the ambiguities part, right? Revising laws yes. and regulations to remove ambiguities. What ambiguities mm-hmm. do you believe exist in the current legal framework for elections? Well, I think I'll start with the the most contentious and most controversial, which is issues around the electronic transition of results. Mm. Um, and one, because, I mean, I believe that these elections, one contentious issue was the electoral technology, especially the INEX results viewing portal. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the Electoral Act, which was an act a lot of Nigerians fought for, and I do believe a lot of young people advocated for electoral technology. In fact, I think that was the major issue they cared about. <laughs> I'm not sure a lot of young people knew about any of that thing in the Electoral Act, <laughs> except technology. Yeah. Uh, so it showed that you had a larger percentage of the youth who wanted to see technology enable transparency in the elections. Right. The Electoral Act provides INEC with the power or the discretion to determine the mode of transmission of results. Right. At the level of the provisions around collation, it also provides that at collation, there is a process that requires the collation officers to cross-check or confirm to verify the accuracy of the results from those transferred, which is the manual and that the version transmitted. Now, there is a lot of conversation around whether transmit means electronic because in the Lord, there is, in some of the sections, you could see there was almost... Like, at a point, it seemed like, okay, this is required. At some point, it seemed like perhaps not really electronic transmission. Any transmission could work. But then you have the electoral, the INEX guidelines. Now, because the Act empowers the Electoral Commission to make policies. Now, the policies of the Electoral Commission regulate the conduct of elections. Mm. Now, INEX produced the guidelines for elections, the 2023 guidelines for the general elections. And within the guidelines... What the guidelines does basically is it expands on the provisions of the law because the law cannot overprescribe. The law gives general powers, and then the guidelines highlight step by step procedures. Hmm. So, if you go to the guidelines, step by step procedures on how voting would be conducted, accreditation voting. In fact, it begins with setup, accreditation voting, then results management. Mm-hmm. Now, within the guidelines, because there is one, there is the guidelines and there, there is the manual. The manual is used to train the officials, mm-hmm. the ad hoc officials. Mm-hmm. So within the guidelines, when it came to the conversations around trans, um, resource management, you, um, the guideline provides at the point of collision. In fact, it talks about at the word level. There's a provision that the officials confirm um, the results that has manually transferred, that is the um, result sheets um, from EC8A, the result sheet from the polling units. At the point of collision at word, there's an expectation that a verification is done with the electronically transmit- transmitted one. And in fact, in one of the provisions, it talks about where there is discrepancy with what was uploaded on the portal and the manual. Hmm. Then the electronic version ought to suffice. However, because, you know, it was when the portal wasn't working and a lot of Nigerians started talking that all of a sudden legality or non-legality of the results being portal became a topical issue. And one of the things we, we did observe was there was that lack of 
clarity on emphasis on who or rather make that makes it mandatory that that process of electronically uploading the results to the portal mm-hmm. is mandatory and if it is not adhered to could impact on the process of results management mm-hmm. so where a lot of um observer groups and different i mean i mean a lot of groups raise the issue around the non-uploading of the results but if you look at the legal framework honestly there is a need for better clarity um even if we can't have that in the electoral act because you know we can't over prescribe in the law but the guidelines also and a clarity on the part of what happens if the, there is no electronically transmitted result, because the question was, if there is a requirement to verify with the electronic version of results, and there were no results uploaded on the portal, does it mean that there, that process of verification was not adhered to? If there was an expectation that where there is discrepancy in the results, that the electronic version would suffice, what happens where there is nothing to even verify to confirm discrepancy? Hmm. So there is nothing responding to these questions, which is why um, a lot of, I mean, for those of us who are engaging the process, a lot of citizens, we believe that the result portal was part of the resource management process, that there was manual process and there is the electronic process and both of them run side by side. They complement each other. No one was so that was the belief. But if you follow the conversations post the election, the electoral commission had argued and said, well, um, the, there was nothing in the law to invalidate a process mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. the results were not uploaded on the portal, mm-hmm. which is what made a lot of us go back to start analyzing these laws. Because sometimes you read these laws <laughs> from a point of a place of innocence, right? right. And you're like, and good faith, and good faith, you know, you, you read it from a place of yes. good faith. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, you know. And you're saying that, okay, this is what is expected, especially because before the elections, the chair of the commission himself mm-hmm. had sold the idea of the IREV. I mean, I always tell people, Nigerians did not envision or dream INEX Resolve Viewing Portal. Right. It was an introduction of the Electoral Commission. Right. It was an innovation that the Electoral Commission sold to Nigerians. Right. It was an innovation that... He sold so much that it wasn't just in Nigeria. I mean, I remember the Chatham House speech. I remember the conversation in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people built their expectations because of the assurances from the commission mm-hmm. until we saw it not work on election day. Mm-hmm. And I understand why the elect- the European Union would ask for, when, when it comes to the law and the regulations, honestly, we need that clarity to remove all ambiguities. That's one. The second is also the provision around review of results. It was a new introduction in the Electoral Act 2022, the power, the um, law that, the permission that gives INEC the power to review results within seven days. Mm-hmm. If the results are not declared voluntarily, if the results are not declared in line with the Electoral Act, the guidelines, and the manual. Mm. Mm. The Act actually recognizes the manual and the guidelines in that section. Now, are the election guidelines are the I, I, election guidelines that INEC published binding on INEC? What I mean by binding is, does deviating from the guidelines nullify the elections under the Electoral Act? So now, because this becomes a legal conversation, you're a lawyer, and you know so. when it comes. 
Yes, yes, yes. But you know, because this case is in court, I will not be able to speak much on it. But what I can say from previous elections and adjudication mm -hmm. is usually court considers like what they call the hierarchy of laws. Okay. You know, like how the constitution supersedes legislation. Okay. So if a legislation is not in line with the constitution, the constitution supersedes. Yeah. Um. So you have that. You have legislations now. Guidelines and policies are under the act. Okay. So the election act supersedes that. Mm. So there is a conversation around public institutions when you make guidelines and rules. Mm -hmm. You are mandated to apply your guidelines and rules. Mm. And where there is any means of deviation, all you need to do is either amend quickly or you provide a justification to say we'll be stepping aside or reviewing this because of one, two, three. Mm -hmm. However, like I said, because this is a, this is a case in court, and I know this is one of the contentious issues in court. I would not necessarily speak on that, but if I'm looking at past, I mean that was why we had to push for the law to be amended to include electronic accreditation of voters. Because right. remember, we've been deploying smart card readers and all before before the amendment to the act. Mm -hmm. The smart card reader was an introduction of INEX guidelines and policy. Mm -hmm. And so when um, there was a contention between the data in the smart card reader and the data on the register of voters, right. because the register of voters was recognized by the law and not the smart card reader, parties who tried to rely on that data always never had their way because the court would have to, you know, apply the hierarchy of laws and normally they will just give an advisory and say for subsequent this is an opportunity to review the law to empower the commission to deploy this which was why the new electoral act had to specifically empower INEC to accredit voters electronically does just the, so that subsequently you yeah. can rely on the data from the beavers. Does the electoral act say anything that contradicts the electoral guidelines provisions about electronic transmission? Sorry, I, I didn't get that question. Does the Electoral Act mm. say mm -hmm. anything that contradicts mm. the electoral guidelines provisions about electronic transmission? Well, so the part where you can talk about the con the conversation is what the Electoral Act does basically or did is it empowered INEC to electronic electronically transmit results. Mm. Um even though INEC had said what they were doing was uploading results, not necessarily electronically transmitting, just uploading on the portal. Mm -hmm. um, the Electoral Act, if you read the sections of the Electoral Act, there is more clarity on the manual collision than the electronic collision. So, which is why I said in the Act, which is what the Act is supposed to do, basically. The Act is supposed to empower the Commission to do certain things okay. and then the commission will do that however there is a requirement for a process of verif verification with the transmitted results mm. which shows that the act envisaged that there is a manual process but there is also a parallel process of electronic transmission which should help provide transparency in the results management process uh, and so but because because I'm speaking as a lawyer now, mm -hmm. and I understand the conversations around this, um, it's it's just like I said, it's just that need for better clarity because we've seen that if it, it is easier for a provision to be manipulated mm -hmm. if it is not clear, 
or if there is no major emphasis on certain things. So it, it's, I mean, as someone that engaged the process, I do not see any justification for why we don't have, why we did not have the results viewing portal for the presidential elections active on elections day. Mm-hmm. I don't see any justification in that. Um, because as practitioners in this space, the idea is you engage the process, you advocate, and when there are new things introduced, you want to see it implemented. And we also believe that if the Electoral Commission knew about these elections, at least one year to the elections, they knew we would have elections. What was required on the part of the Electoral Commission, INEC, is to ensure that things are in place to get the process working. So you can't come last minute and just act like, oh, we didn't know we were going to upload results on the presidential portal or mm-hmm. we were not ready. Mm-hmm. The idea is when you do this, you put several measures in place to mm-hmm. help prevent or mitigate any risk or threat or any challenge that may occur. Mm-hmm. And if at any point in time there was a belief that this would be challenging, then an immediate or timely communication should have been provided to the population, to the people, with expl- explanation on this is why this is not working. These are the alternatives we're putting or the work we're doing so far. These are the alternatives. And I, I and, and which is where a lot of people started getting a, re- a bit upset because until Sunday, there was no major communication. Election was on Saturday, right? Right. To say, okay, this is why. A lot of people were just wondering what is going What's on. What's going on, yes. What is and there was just silence. There was silence. Yeah. And there was just silence. Yeah. Um, and then post the election also, we've not had any robust conversation or explanation from the commission to explain that, okay, yes, we gave a one-pager statement because it was hit of an election, but this is what truly happened. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's also about the responsibility on public institutions to, one, um, abide, to, abide by their guidelines mm-hmm. or their manuals mm-hmm. um, and to leave, uh, to, to ensure that their commitments to the people are, are strictly adhered to because there was a part around the responsibility on the state institution when you make a commitment, when you put a guideline, if you want to step aside, even if it's one section of the guideline, mm-hmm. okay. there could be due communication that, okay, this section, there is a problem here. And we will not use it. But all of these conversations and communications, we didn't see that coming in. We didn't get it. Yeah. And so I, I wouldn't blame the European Union's observation. They, I mean, they also were in, in the field. And they also, a lot of international organizations were looking forward to the portal working. Um, but they've also made that very important recommendation that we need to actually provide some clarity mm-hmm. when it comes to different, not just results. I just picked this because I know this is one of the major one, that I talk yeah. about the review of the results. Yeah, yeah review of the results. Yeah. I mean, at some point where parties were objecting to the coalition process, there should have also been that conversation of, okay, if, you, if you're objecting, we have the power as electoral commission under this provision to take complaints before final declaration. Right. Can parties objecting officially make a complaint on where you had issues with the results coalition process mm-hmm. and we address that before the final declaration? Because the, com- the act gives seven days for that review to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there was also that part around the guideline further expanded on that. Well, the guideline in expanding on that was the parties have to report. So it's almost seemed like, okay, we're not, which I, I feel a lot of parties. Perhaps you're not so familiar with 
that section because it's not enough to just object. But seven days, seven days is a long time in political hours, and especially where, especially in a country where we're saying to people go to court. You know, um, we're not we're saying to people go to court because antecedent shows that. If you can get a horrid declaration first and ask the aggrieved to go to court, chances are the court um, may be unwilling to upset what has been pronounced already by the returning officers, especially with presidential elections. So should that seven-day window be perhaps um, shortened? Should it be immediate? Should it be if a complaint is raised, you address it, you don't move forward, to also send a message to voters and the public that look we are committed and committing to being transparent we're not hiding anything we are not up to any we're not up to any um uh, sinister things we want this mm-hmm. process to go as smoothly as you do as well is seven days perhaps too long especially considering that collation takes anywhere between two to three days four days it mm-hmm. was slow anyway so that means we have three more days to go is that seven days a bit too tongue-in-cheek well, so the counting of the seven days begins with when coalition starts at coalition, what coalition? Hmm. Moving from putting it to the word. Right. Because what it says is when a returning officer mm-hmm. declares, so returning officers um, declare the results mm-hmm. depending on what election. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea is, because I mean, commission around seven days, we could have that, but the, the law doesn't say it must be it must get to seven days. It just says it gives its commission enough time to review. And the idea is for this time because it's presidential elections and the one of the parties is challenging the results from as re- announced by the returning officer from let's say state A and said this result was not declared in line with this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. What is required for the review would be the commission, because it's not just be an it's not an INEC chairperson's um, responsibility would need time to, one, possibly look at the results that are declared. Mm -hmm. It could make further inquiries to, okay, what happened at the LGA um, level or what happened at the ward level, right? Mm -hmm. And that is a lot of documentation because we have, you know, we have about 170 plus 170,000 plus polling units. Mm -hmm. And I mean, state levels are different. So imagine if you have complaints from more than for more than one state. The mm. idea is to have at least sufficient time to review that. But what I'm what your point I'm even making is also that we had parties raising objection at the point when the state's results started coming, coming in. Coming in, yes. Right? Yes. And there was nothing stopping the electoral, the chair of the commission, for instance, you are raising a lot of objections. Even though I feel because you could be you're raising a lot of objections. This is not what to do. If you want to object, officially make a report and would review before we finally declare the results. Right. Because as complaints were, as results were announced for states, mm-hmm. complaints were coming or, yeah, you had commission um, members of political parties raising objections. Yes. Right. And the idea is this process doesn't stop parties going to court to file their case because it's also a timeline. Right. But it's more like a remedial um, provision or a remedial process to ensure 
that's what we used to have before where returning officers were forced to declare a result results that, yeah doesn't happen anymore yeah, some of them, okay yeah, okay not, hold that thought yeah. hold that thought we have to take a break when we come back i'll keep talking to cynthia mbamalu cynthia mbamalu is a direct is a director of programs at yaga she's also a lawyer and she's talking to us about the report from the eu's election observer mission i'm sandra Ezekwasili. don't go away welcome back to hard facts with sandra Ezekwasili. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili, and this is Hard Facts. I've got Cynthia Mbamalu on the show with me. Cynthia is the Director of Programs at Yaga. And Cynthia is talking to me about um, the report from the EU's Election Observer uh, Mission. They observed the February 25th and March 18th elections. And um, they say that there are a ton of things that need to be worked on. I want to move to their second recommendation, Cynthia. Yesterday when I was talking with Samson, we started to uh, look at the second recommendation, right? And um, it says that results should be uploaded only in real time and only from the polling unit. And collation should be done openly and transparently with collation forms uploaded as well. However, Cynthia... We already have this provided for in the electoral guidelines. So doesn't this mean that rules are not enough if the, if the rules are not followed? Yes, and I think that's where we talk about the, role, the, the responsibility on the part of the commission. Because, you know, like I mentioned first, you have a guideline. Mm -hmm. Your guideline provides for the process. So if you read the electoral, the guideline, the next guideline, it talks about at the end of voting, presiding officer is supposed to take um, a picture of the result, upload it on the portal yeah. using the beaver, upload it on the portal, right? Yeah. Um, now, there's the conversation around who is held responsible for the non-compliance with the rules or to the rules. Yeah. Because if results, were, results are supposed to be uploaded from the polling units level. Mm -hmm. If they were not uploaded, why? If someone defaulted who is, who is going to hold that person accountable? That's one part. Hmm. Because, like you said, the guideline is there. Meaning there the, is a rule on the Electoral Commission to start its disciplinary actions. There is also the requirement of, um, at the level of collation, the verification required. If that wasn't done, what happened? And if it's a problem of the portal was not, let's say, for instance, the portal had a set technical glitches or in whatever form, I'm not sure. Like I said, that's the only information we have in regards to the portal. Mm. Who were those responsible to ensure the portal worked? And how how are they being held accountable? Because if they failed in their responsibility, it meant that they would cause a breach of the regulations. And a breach of the regulations should come with sanctions because this is a policy of the Electoral Commission. Mm. So I, I, honestly, it's more around sanctions and perhaps one of the, the reasons we are putting this recommendation is not that this is not in the guidelines. Like I said, it's just to provide better clarity. Mm. We, um, I already, we already have seen the opportunity in the Electoral Act to further strengthen these provisions around results management and to attract or attach penalties from, from where there is a breach. Mm. Because one of the things that ensures compliance, if there is... Um, a corresponding um, 
penalty to lack of to non-compliance. Mm-hmm. That is the only way you curb impunity. Because at this point, what we've only heard from the commission was technical glitches. But there's not there's no like I said, no explanation on this is why it failed. And these are the people that will be held responsible for that. Mm. So honestly, I, when I read that recommendation, I'm almost like, well, we have this already. If we deal with ambiguity, mm-hmm. this already should be or rather it's already in our guidelines. Right. This is something that should be followed through. Right. And if it wasn't followed through, then the Electoral Commission ought to speak to us who are those held responsible for the failures right. that we observed in the results management process, especially for the presidential elections. Because, you know, interestingly, the results for the Senate and the House... And the elections that happened in Oshun, by the way, uh, that, yes, you know... Oh, yes. Yeah. The Oshun elections, the, the Edo elections, uh-huh. the IREF portal worked. And which is why, I, like I said, I don't see an excuse on the part of the election commission because IREF portal has been tested beyond before 2023. It was first, you know, they tried, they first tried it in Edo mm-hmm. for state level elections. Yes. Edo and Ondo. Yes. That happened in the COVID years. Yes. So 2020. Yes. And then 2021, we had the Anambra governorship elections. Yes. Then we also had. The Ekitiano Shun 2022. So these are but all the things. Th- these yeah. are these are all the things. These are all the processes that built public trust. And so when INEC exactly. came back and INEC said we're going to do this thing in real time, it was easy for people to believe that this thing will happen in real time because people had seen it happen in these pilot locations in real time. Now, Cynthia, the EU also mm-hmm. recommends that all of these mm-hmm. uploads should be in a format that is easy to re-download from the database. When you look at IREF, the results up there are pictures of the result sheets taken with the Beavers camera, right? This makes it... Yeah called to re-download the data uh, for use in, a, in any meaningful way. And so you have people taking pictures of other pieces of paper or selfies, all kinds of things. But at the same time, the whole point of doing that instead of typing in the data at, at the polling unit is so that it's, it's harder to manipulate. So what are the pros and cons of this particular recommendation from the EU, the re-downloadable part of this recommendation? Yeah, so the recommendation honestly is in line with the principles of open election data. Okay. And part of the principle is that you have um, documents in readable formats right. and easily as analyzable or accessible okay. formats. Okay. And like you mentioned, the results is a scanned picture or is a picture, an image of the result that is uploaded. Mm. On the part around people uploading wrong um, documents or wrong images, that is a fault on training and basically people ought to be held responsible for those very embarrassing things that they, they did in elections day. Mm-hmm. But now, so the, I, I mean, one of the reasons the Electoral Commission wanted to adopt this, I remember some of those conversations was it's easier for you to build trust if people can see an image that says someone was computing or imputing figures because elections are a they are politically tense and charged in um, situations or processes. There is, there could be pressure, and instead of typing 10, someone types 100 or types 1. And it, it would be more, how would I put it, it would guarantee better transparency if it's an image uploaded. However, with technology, there are different ways um, this, this can be done. Because I know one of the conversations, one of the proposals were. There are technology that can, when you upload, can convert 
So it is now at the point of, I'm not a tech person, so this is just my layman understanding. Yes. It will be at the level of those who manage the portal, the tech developers, to um, write the script that could help convert as it's uploaded. Because one thing they were, one of the issues we're trying to avoid, if you think about countries where, I mean, like the 20, what is it, 2017 Kenyan elections, the one before last year, um, one of the challenges that they had with the electronic transmission, which was why they learned from, like, because Kenya went last year, mm-hmm. what they also did was take a picture and upload, mm-hmm. was because it is easier for people to change figures in imputing and that to manipulate an image mm-hmm. if someone is, if people are there. Because party agents are present, and the idea is if party agents are present, you can only take a picture of the result sheet right. and upload, and no one can change that. Right. So, honestly, it's a, it's, it's a bit tricky. However, one of the things we also do do believe is the Electoral Commission also has the responsibility to publish polling in its results um, in real time on online platforms or their on their um, internet platforms. Now, if you notice um, that on election day or post by Sunday, there were now two portals. If you if you yes. followed, yes, <laughs> yes. One, the first one required creating an account with the yes, password. Yes. Which apparently was, it was cumbersome and I know recommendations were raised on, is this really sustainable if one hundred of thousands of voters start to create an account on, at the same time? Then subsequently, we had another portal came up which did not require a password. Account. So yes. you could, a password. You could just log onto the portal and download results. Yes. And there were certain differences with that because it seemed that though that other platform for results uploaded. So the first platform, the idea was one beaver's configures a polling unit, uploads the results to the portal. So it is the beaver's it's called the um the location is coordinated with the portal. So you can't use a beaver's for one polling unit to upload the results of another polling unit of another location. Mm-hmm. The idea was to limit individuals just uploading, maybe upload one result and then go somewhere else and upload another result. Mm-hmm. However, the second portal that was created, which was why it seemed like you had, it reduced that that strict rule. And it seems you could use, I mean, some of our analysis was showing that it was at one location, one person was just using a big one beaver, taking several results and uploading. So it was not on that point level, it was done at probably what level, but not at the polling level, because several, you could see that like, several results were uploaded from one location, and the idea was one result from one location, because polling units have just one result. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, that there is also that conversation. But, like I said, I wouldn't, uh, I mean, I do not believe we should start doing direct imputation of results. I do believe that results uploaded in the image, that they are tech solutions that can help convert as it goes up to the portal for those who want to download and easily analyze. It's almost like, and I say this, I'm not a tech person, but I also know that I've gotten PDF documents and I've gone online and I've converted this to Word documents. To Word documents, exactly. I don't think there is that, I mean, Nigeria is blessed with lots of tech geniuses, right? Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that this could be done in a better way, in a way that it does not reach the strict rule of ensuring that only results from a coding is uploaded, mm-hmm. but also for the end user, that it is easier for an end user 
to download and easily analyze and as, uh, analyze the, the data in near real time. Yeah, which so, brings me which 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 yeah. which brings me to um you know a point that you raised. You um the EU also recommended stronger enforcement of electoral rules and better investigation and punishment of electoral crimes. It's an obvious recommendation at face value, but it get why you know they happen. I mean, on election day, we had people on camera saying, I will not upload results in real time. I will not upload results. And those people, we've not heard anything that happened to them. We've not heard of any pro- uh, prosecutions. What are the specific reasons why we don't see more enforcement of electoral rules and punishment of violators? Well, I think it's just our attitude as a people. Um, we, it's easier for us to make excuses for why things did not work than to try to solve the problem and ensure that they work next time. And the way you talked about just as simple as punishing electoral offenders, have we ever wondered why there are pictures and videos of thugs who disrupt the electoral process or voting processes and cause mayhem, and yet we don't get reports of any of them serving sentence for either the murder they've committed, the arson, because most times they burn properties mm-hmm. in election day, mm-hmm. or bodily harm they've caused to voters. Mm-hmm. You know? And sometimes, for the police, you don't even need deep investigation. Like the videos are there. <laughs> you just need to go to the location where it happened. Hey, this guy. Where is you he? You know him in this community. Uh-huh. Where is he? Uh-huh. And start the process. So you don't even need some deep forensics, you know? Uh-huh. You just basically need to follow the evidence. Because with social media, a lot of evidences are provided for you to comment investigation online. So like I said, it's just that it's our attitude. The second is the lack of political will, honestly, which is what has enabled this culture of impunity. Um, and that is because uh, as long as we have beneficiaries of the flaws in the system, mm. it's going to be difficult to muster the political will to address this major challenge of punishing offenders or sanctioning officers who have failed in their duties. Mm. Because we also need to ask, are the beneficiaries of the flaws, are the beneficiaries from the violence that happened, the electoral violence? I mean, I'm not just limiting this now to just those who were complicit as officials of the Electoral Commission. Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking about what about those who, found, who created major issues, violent disruption of processes, and even caused people major injuries. Um, but if there are people that benefit from that violence, there are people that benefit from the lack of compliance or the non-compliance to the rules, that political will to get things done would not be there because they are beneficiaries from that. So that's the second part. I think the third part for me, honestly, is um, the level of how we need to start to make an a demand accountability from our public institutions. Right. As simple as commencement of polls. We had late commencement of polls. The Electoral Commission is yet to even address us on why we had this level of late commencement of polls. If people were given monies to work with teams, logistics um, for transportation and what have you, and they did not use the resources to do that, they should not still be in the Electoral Commission at this point. They should be facing a disciplinary committee because the Electoral Commission is part of the public service and they are, there is a, an existing code of conduct. And as a commission, you don't even need to start going to court. You can, as a commission, commence disciplinary processes within the institution to sanction 
officials who defaulted in their roles at all levels. Because it's beyond just results. We also had some challenges on, on elections and some polling units where materials did not get to where voters did not vote. Yeah. We had locations where materials arrived late and people voted till early hours of the following yeah. day. So what caused that or what led to that? If people feel their responsibilities, who is holding them to account? Right. And that is where our own you know, demand must also become very, very strong okay. for accountability. All right. Uh, we have to uh, end it there. But uh, thank you so much, Cynthia Mbamalu. Always a pleasure to have you on Hard Facts. Thank you, thank Sandra. You. All right. Cynthia Mbamalu is the director of programs at Yaga Yaga's entire mandate. Uh, elections, elections, elections. We'll take a break. When we come back from this break, the news will be at 6 after the news is done at six, it'll be time for the step down. And on today's step down, I have a woman who is dead, a sister-in-law who said to her, why are you rejoicing about going to give birth? You don't even know whether you will come out alive. And now the family members think that she may have had a hand in this woman's death. I'll tell you that story after the break. I'm Sandra Ezekwesi Lagos. This is Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Don't go away.